Security clearance level three or above is required to access files. Command codes verified. Welcome back to GGR Pirate Radio. Uh, MC Brooks, let's kind of transition here a little bit because you had sent me a story that I thought was kind of interesting here um, that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to, you you had sent me this, it's on it's on Vice, right? And and you can look it up on Vice.com. Um, the title of the article says 900 bottles of booze finally recovered from 1917 shipwreck. Uh, it's a, the title says the Kairos and its high dollar cargo, including 600 bottles of cognac and 300 bottles of Benedictine liquor were discovered in 1999. Like it's, this is just amazing to me to think that there's like, there's something that is like organic, like, like booze that, I mean, they found it. it. It still exists. And like, once I guess these get salvaged, people will probably be paying a lot of damn money for this stuff. Like, it, it just it, it boggles my mind too that like one the, the people that found this probably are going to make a lot of money from finding old booze, basically. Like, old undrinkable booze. Probably. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, is it is it even drinkable well, yeah. at this point? I'd be really, I'd be really curious to see if they, if they, you know, do try to crack something, or at least crack one of them open. Like, I immediately got, uh, it immediately reminded me of this uh, YouTube rabbit hole that I fell down where uh, these guys uh, like made bread out of like this, fr- like this yeast or something that was found in like some old Egyptian tomb. Mm-hmm. That was a couple hundred years old. Wait, what? And it was still alive? Yeah. Let me let me look let me look it up because I don't want to give bad information on on air here. I'm not. You're good, man. Like that's, but just like, see, I feel like that's that's like the um the beginning of like a horror movie, mm-hmm. you know? Like, hey, we found this this yeast in this Egyptian temple, and like it turns out if you eat like a piece of the bread, you become like a like a zombified mummy. Like, and you, like it's. Yeah, or like, it, yeah, something crazy. Stop like this. talking on this recorded line and start writing <laughs> this, that script right now. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, I found it. This, bre- okay. this bread was made using 4,500-year-old Egyptian yeast. And After the, And the yeast yeah. was able to be reactivated and it was still working. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. After extracting the dormant yeast from cooking vessels, an amateur gas- gastro-Egyptologist used ancient grains to recreate an old kingdom loaf. What the hell? <laughs> like, I've I've heard there's like a um. So when it comes to sourdough bread, right? Like everybody's familiar with sourdough bread, right? Yeah. Um, apparently there's this thing called the mother, which is like the fermented whatever. Like, you keep using the original batch of it, and like the first bread company that made sourdough bread in san francisco back in like the 18 you know 1840s or 1850s like still has that like there's a piece of that original sourdough mix that they use and i'm like that seems gross but 
sourdough is delicious so maybe it's yeah. good and like i guess they did the same thing with like apple cider vinegar too i've heard the same thing like it's it's crazy to think that things can be that old and you can still consume them and not like die or like you know <laughs> not be horribly poisoned <laughs> exactly right like it just it seems it seems crazy to me that like that that's a thing and that can happen and like yeah and and I'm reading over this this article about the about the uh, the cognac, and it says like, as uh, as the cognac is of a very unknown brand, and we don't know how they will that will affect its value. Uh, we certainly don't want to open a bottle if the value is tens of thousands of dollars. We are trying. Oh to yeah. Find it. Uh, Lindbergh said that his team has been in touch with Bacardi to find out exactly how much those circa 1916 bottles might be worth. So, I I guess it's. I mean, it was stored in a cold ocean, you know, and maybe it's still good. I I don't know. Like, yeah, I think that becomes one of those collector things too. like that'll get sold and passed around and passed around like vintage wines and pieces of art that just stay in storage. You know, it's not like anyone ever actually uses it or consumes it or looks at it or anything. It's just its value is in its rarity. Yeah, again, boring. I want to drink it. Like Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's yeah, like like we were saying before with action figures, man. Like, come on. Like crack yeah. that shit open. Come on. Like I don't want to I don't want to see your vintage GI Joe. I want you to open him up and, you know, let's Wait. see if he's Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's like that episode of Seinfeld when Jerry's dating that girl who has all those toys and basically like he is like feeding her turkey and like giving her wine and stuff. She'll still fall asleep so he he can play with her toys. <laughs> I feel like, like, all right, so, a, you know, a ship sinks, yep. there's alcohol at the bottom uh, of the ocean for a thousand years, and there's a culture that finds that ship, and it's like, now, what is this? Bud Light? Bud, <laughs> Bud Light? It must have been a very, very rare vintage or something like that, just because it's all gone, um, you know? Is it just, does it make it good just because it's rare, you know? So, like, maybe this cognac they found was just some bottom-shelf swill that was terrible. Uh, <laughs> but now it's like, well, it's the only bottle there is, so... Yeah. And they'll think that, oh, oh, this is wonderful because it's an old vintage. But, yeah, like, it, I, I still wonder. I wonder what, what people will think of, of what we did, like, what our society created in, in the years to come, like... They'll hear our podcast and they'll be like, man, these guys waste a lot of time talking about dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, One uh, of the... Job. Go ahead. I, was, yeah, I just got reminded of uh, this other thing to that uh, I, I remember coming out earlier this year about how 17,645 people signed a petition to drink liquid from the black sarcophagus. <sighs> what in the world is that? So a couple, uh, uh, so a while back, uh, a couple archaeologists in Egypt discovered an unopened sarcophagus that was black in color and mysterious in origin. Some worried if researchers opened the lid, a curse would be cast upon the land, and the plague of locusts or some other old timey malady would devour the earth. Well, they opened it, and not so good, so far so good on the curse front. But what they found were the decomposed bodies of three non-royal people. And a whole lot of red liquid that looked somewhat cursed in its own right. And a bunch of people signed a petition because they wanted to drink the liquid. They're like, let's drink it. 
like old like bone juice or whatever it is that leached out of these mummies is basically what, what it is. The hell. What the hell? <laughs> like who? And, who and is... then someone else is like, let's make bread out of it. <laughs> <laughs> who see who sees that and then is like, let's drink it. Like gee. I mean you gotta think that too. Bad. Yeah, right. You, you won't drink the black coffin. I'll bet you five bucks you won't drink that blood juice. <laughs> see, that's how I figure that's how I figure like humans, like early humans, maybe like Neanderthals you know, before that, like, that's how we just determined that milk was something that we could drink. Like, it was all a bet. Like, one dude yeah. went to another dude and was like, hey, I'll give you ten bucks if you go over and you suck the liquid that's coming out of that cow's dangly thing that's underneath of it. And he was like, hell yeah, I'll do it. Like, like, hey, dude, you know what? It's actually really good. Dude, you're fucking gross. I'm not doing that. Like, it's, like, same thing with, like, eating, like, certain foods and stuff like that. Like, who would have thought that, like, looking at, like, that weird-looking bug thing in the ocean like a lobster would be delicious like right. <laughs> eat that weird bug thing okay dude it's wonderful like like That's how do I we think, i think out? about that about mushrooms all the time where it's yeah. like one dude ate it it's like wow that was delicious it was very earthy and rich i enjoyed it and the next guy eats the red capped one and he's <laughs> like wow that one tasted very and then just starts foaming from the mouth dies instantly <laughs> another one's like man that was really really good in fact it was when did you guys get two heads yeah and all these colors are moving around like <laughs> it, it i don't know it's weird and it would be very funny to have been there i guess like just to yeah. see like dudes daring each other or people like yeah, there's that one way weird guy. We know who it is, and he's gonna go yeah. eat the mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We had had another topic, and I can't remember what it was gonna be. <laughs> we had talked about it in the beginning. I forgot. <laughs> what was the other thing that I wanted? Oh, to talk the uh, the recent Washington Post poll. Oh yeah, MC. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about this, and then we'll go ahead and close out the podcast for this evening. All righty. So. We've had many, many, many conversations uh, in recent weeks, especially uh, yeah, about the uh, certain uh, certain baseball team from a uh, from a uh, nation's capital that you know went on this really epic run and you know only won its first ever World Series. No big deal. Only you know? won four games on the road in the World Series, which has never been done in any sport yeah, ever. You know, whatever. Yeah, but a uh, poll recently in the uh, Washington Post recently uh, exposed or, or uh, found out that the Nationals are the most popular team in the area, which is surprising, considering that title used to begun used to. Uh, Used to uh, belong to the football team, which is not even one of the top popular teams in the D.C. area. In fact, it's the lowest, which is, you know, fitting considering how bad they have been. Yeah, it's it's just, for me, it was just validation, you know, like because I had also read uh, um Tom Boswell wrote an article in the Washington Post, and he's been a DC native forever, right? Like he's like in his seventies, and he was saying that it was, we all knew it was coming, but we didn't 
really think it would ever actually happen. And then it did that. Like nobody cares about the football team. Like they, they played the jets and the jets weren't that good going into this game. And it was feasible that Washington could have beaten them. Yeah. The jets are two and seven. Yeah. We're two and seven. Yeah. They, it was feasible that Washington could find a way to win this game and no one showed up. There were way more jets fans. And that was not even that many fans in the first place. It was like, it was more than half empty from what I was saw from the pictures. And like, I just didn't think there would ever come a time when it would be this bad. And it is, it's, it's awful. It's horrible. There is nothing to draw you to these games except for, well, I mean, unless you're MC Brooks and you'll go for four bucks, but like, (laughs) or for you, that's right. You got to, you're getting a really good ticket. So, I mean, like (laughs) that's, I was, Jax was asking me, he was like, Oh, will we ever go to a game? And I was like, they would have to pay me to go to a game. They would have to give me free tickets, free parking, and give me like a twenty dollar food voucher, and I probably would still think about it because I don't know if I would really want to go. Like it's, right. it's just and, not and, a good experience. And honestly, like uh, me and my friend who I'm thinking about going to the game with, like we were talking about this earlier, and I like I, even though the ticket is dirt cheap, I was also thinking, you know, I'm probably gonna it's probably gonna cost me more to get there. For yeah, one, exactly. Two, it's gonna be raining and. <laughs> Why would I want to go sit in a stadium as awful as FedEx Field while it's raining to watch, you know, a bad football team in Washington play another bad football team in Detroit with Jeff Driscoll? Yeah, you're not even getting Matt Stafford. Yeah. Like, why why on earth would I want to, you know, do that on a Sunday when I could literally be doing anything else. Why? I don't know. I would I would literally, like, if Steve said to me, hey, I got tickets from work to go see the Steelers play, I don't know, whoever they're playing next. Um, the Bengals. Yeah, I would. They're in Cincinnati. Well, let's say it was in Pittsburgh. I would, <laughs> I would drive all the way to Pittsburgh to go see a Steelers game before I would step foot in FedEx Field. And that's yeah. like, easily like a like a nine hour more ordeal like when all of oh yeah done, dude you know yeah at one uh a doctor i used to go see was a bills fan you used to fly up to buffalo every weekend when the bills had a home game to go watch them play and he preferred that to the his lone experience in going to fedex field all right that's freaking dedication I don't care who you root for. <laughs> yeah, right. Let, let's be honest here. I mean, like, Washington's bad, but Buffalo's not that much better. Okay? Like, right. <laughs> they're better this year, and they've been better yeah. in years in recent years, but at the same time, they're not that much better. Like, it's... Yeah. I mean, they, they've, been, they've been aiming for second place for, like, a good 20 years at this point. <laughs> aiming for second place. <laughs> that uh, that poll's very interesting to me. I, I not really a betting man, but if I was going to put money on it, and maybe it's I don't know the recency of the the championship, but I would have put money on the Caps being the the town's favorite. Well, well, it's um, well, I that, would too actually. See, I I would I also I would have, and there's um, there's reason to to think that this may be a little bit biased towards the Nats because this poll was taken by the week and a half to two weeks after they had won the world series. Yeah. So that would, that would, uh, that would make, that would make a ton of well, sense. And and you and I can attest to this too, MC, like as much as we're not like this because but, we're diehards and loyal loyalists for the most part, 
but this town in general is always about the hot hand. Yeah. Like, how many people do we know that were showing up at those Nats parties? And they were like, oh, my God, I love the Nats. And they're like, well, who's your favorite player? Oh, Bryce Harper. He had such a good year this year. Like, the, that's that's this town. That's what happens is we have fair weather fans. Yeah. So it's not surprising to me. Because here's – here's see, I, I'll actually give the percentages here because it, it, it is interesting because as as bad as the skins are, they're actually ahead of the caps. So Wait, what? Well, how? Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it here. So uh, more than one in four DC residents, twenty eight percent named the Nationals as their favorite local team. Uh, the Skins are down to just thirteen percent. The Capitals are at ten percent. Wizards and Mystics both at eight percent, and DC United at six percent. While twenty three percent say they they don't prefer any of the local teams. What? Like, okay, here's the thing. Football is the most popular sport in the country, period, across the board, right? So I think that that's the only thing that has them still hanging on to second place at this point. I, I would agree. And, and yeah. the fact that they're not, like, an, I, I bet you if you did the same poll, like, the Steelers would it would be far and away the first, oh, then yeah, the Pens, sure. and then a distant third would be the Pirates. As far as far as like, and then the fourth would be, we we don't care about sports. Um, that that last piece. I don't. Um, yeah, and I feel like that area in general has a very small population that does not care about sports. Like, I, I feel like every person I've ever talked to, from the Pittsburgh area, is into sports in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I wish we had a pro team like for the NBA. Like, growing up loving basketball the way I did, like that was always the thing. I was like, ah, I wish I had an NBA team to root for that was local. But uh, I is- mean, do. I'm is surprised Pitt, you don't. Yeah, is it does is Pittsburgh like do you guys root for any particular like is it 76ers because of Pennsylvania or is it just kind of whoever? Yeah, it's kind of just whoever like there really isn't just generally the western PA area isn't a huge basketball town. Um like me and my my buddy Brian that I work with like we talk about the NBA all the time. Um and we really both kind of lament like, yeah, there really just aren't a lot of NBA fans other than, you know, a handful of people. Like, we know each other, basically. Like, you suss out the other NBA fans and you tend to just kind of like, like, I like the Bulls because I grew up watching Jordan. Um, the way the NBA is anymore, if you're more of a recent fan, you if you don't have a local team, chances are you're just more of a fan of individual players right. than any team. Like, right now I have in the background, like, the, the Dallas game on because I really like Luka Doncic uh, on the Mavs. You know, I, I liked Dirk Nowitzki, you know, again, from the Mavs, because he and I had the same number. So obviously we're indistinguishable from each other. <laughs> but, the, you know, just like individual players, the NBA leads itself to that kind of fandom more so than a team, and, unless you're right in the heart of it. I wonder how much that I wonder how much something like that also kind of factors factors into it for. uh for hockey kind of not being or uh, with the caps kind of not having, you know, as, uh, as, uh, as much, uh, su- not success as much as a uh, fanfare as, as the Nats or some of the others, because, you know, we know Ovi, but like yeah. not really anyone else. I mean, I feel like with, with the other teams, you kind of knew like, Soto, you know, and, and Rendon this year, like, 
whether you enjoy or really follow baseball at all, like those were names that you were, you know, you're guaranteed to know and, and hear. Yeah. Uh, the skins are always just going to have, you know, whomever, whether, I mean, Adrian Peterson being here the last two years. I mean, that's, that's a name that's going to cause people to, to follow uh, excitement about Haskins or, you know, Norman or who, you know, whomever. Um, I mean, so there's, there's at least, you know, there's, there's going to be players that people know. So it's easier for them to follow. And maybe like if you don't already, like if you're not someone who already watches hockey, like it, it may be harder to, to know because, you know, hockey doesn't really have the same, doesn't seem to generate the same kind of excitement and baseball generally doesn't either. So this area might be a little bit unique in that, in that sense too, but Maybe that factors into why the caps are only at ten percent, even after winning a title last year. I think it's one of those things where it wouldn't have mattered when they took this poll. Like, let's just say, for instance, the Caps and the Nats both won one in the same year. Like, the Caps won the World, uh, the Stanley Cup last year. I think the Nats would still be the favorite because baseball is more accessible, and it's and baseball is something that everybody everybody knows about baseball. But hockey is one of those sports that, like, it's not rare to run across people that don't know anything about it. Who will yeah. say things like, oh, well, I've never watched it and it's hard to understand. Like hockey is by nature a foreign sport and it, it just never really caught on as big as I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan. I love hockey. Like I could watch a hockey game. I could watch any two teams play and enjoy it um, more so than a lot of sports like baseball is the same. I can watch baseball pretty much anytime and football like I'm not watching anything NFL, but I'll watch college football all day like Hockey just is, it, it seems like it's a niche, you know, like if you're into it, you love it. And if you're not, you're just kind of like it, you could care less. And that's why I think people don't, I feel like if you asked who were the more rabid fan base, like who's the more loyal, I think Caps fans are way more loyal than any of the other uh, teams in DC by far. More than Wizards fans. <laughs> Wizards fans are a special breed, okay? Like anybody that still follows that team, man, God bless them. Because like I feel like hey. I feel like of all the teams in the NBA, like we have the smallest fan base by far. I feel like nobody roots for the Wizards. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean they they've been pretty middle of the road and just they, for for a really really long time. And I think I mentioned this before, like Wale, who's the now the ambassador for the Wizards, was a Lakers fan as recently as 2011, 2012, which was like right, which was right before, uh, right around the time that they got John Wall and and uh, Beal, and you know the you know the team just kind of started to kind of turn itself around. Yeah, it's yeah, people just don't care. Like it's, and I can't blame anybody either because it's not, I mean, they won a championship in the early or in the late seventies. Like, yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not like they're relevant. No, it's kind of like the warriors pre, you know, Steph and clay, like, eh, yeah, they won some championships back when everyone had super short shorts and super long socks <laughs> and no one gave a crap. Uh, everyone, everyone was on cocaine. And then, <laughs> and then, like the Warriors, kind of like took the whole like we're just gonna do nothing but shoot three pointers. We're just gonna shoot so many three pointers. Eventually, the math works in our favor, and they kind of changed how the game's being played a little bit and made the whole franchise relevant. Now, you see people 
you know, I see people here where there's no NBA footprint at all. Yeah. People walking around with like, you know, Warriors jerseys or a Warriors jacket on or something like that. It is kind of like the 90s and the Bulls. Like everybody was a Bulls fan. Yeah. Everyone wanted to be like Mike, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, that's that's what the Warriors need. They need some kind of like renaissance at this point because this and, and I, I'm not saying this to be like mean or anything, but like I feel like the, that franchise is stale is the way to put it. Like they still go and play basketball games and they win some of them. And it's like a big fat who cares. You know, it's it's yeah. they're not they're not bad enough to be lovable and they're not good enough to be champions. So who cares? Yeah, that's I mean, that's almost exactly like if you were to describe the Wizards slash Bullets franchise, that's right there. They're not bad enough that they're lovable, but they're not good enough for anybody to give a shit. Like, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. And, and and I part of that, I would say, is kind of directly tied to their front office. I mean, they're they're they 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 had they basically had for. 20 years, 15, however long it was, with the skins have going on for 10 with Bruce Allen, which is you have a guy there making the making the decisions, and they're all they're not good decisions at all. They're like they're not doing anything to help the team get better. Like you can directly look at management and say, Oh, I wonder why the Wizards are the only team in the last 20 years not to have won 50 games at least once. While every other franchise has done it twice in that in that yeah. span, like I mean, you can I... you can you can look direct you can look directly at that. And I think what what Wizards fans have going for them now is uh well they got rid of him for one. <laughs> Thank God uh, they 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 got rid they got rid of him. You know, uh, uh, Ted Leon says he made the move that no one thought he would ever do. The, uh, which is the, basically the equivalent of when, when Dan finally fired Serato and kind of no up, no one thought it was going to, it was going to happen. But they they got they got rid of him, and they they brought in uh, or they 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 promoted from within. But the guy that they promoted is is a basketball guy who is pretty pretty well respected. And then they uh, they went and added a bunch of. Um, they they went and added a bunch of a bunch of folks. Sashi Brown, former Browns GM, is now part of that Wizards front office. Yeah. Um, there's someone else too, and I can't remember. It's a former. There's a former player who's in there. Who's in there also. But I mean that that's that's what um. That's what uh you know that's kind of what Wizards fans have to look forward to now, like. It'll probably be another two or three years before they're anything resembling good. Yeah. But at least now, without the weight of, God, they have no direction because front office sucks so much. They're at least a fun kind of scrappy team to watch. And who knows? Yeah, they're all young, too, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, and they have, I mean, not superstar power, but they have some star power mm-hmm. in Bradley Beal being a pretty damn good player to the point where there have been trade rumors for two for two years um uh about people about contenders going to acquire him yeah so you you at least have that and and you can also look at him as someone who uh 
saw was inspired by all of the other success that's happened in the last in the last year and wants to be here when that happens with the with the wizards and i respect that do you think because this might be a topic for another podcast do you think it's it's cut and dry obvious if we were to go through the list of the major cities in this country which sports team they have is the most popular like like for instance We'll use Boston as an example. I feel like it is, hands down, the Red Sox are number one, and then it's everybody else. Like, I, I don't know who's number two there. I feel like it might be the Patriots, but, like, just because they've been so successful lately. But, like, I feel like the Red Sox, hands down, are number one. And, like, same thing yeah. with New York. I feel like the Yankees are number one no matter what. Um, yeah. And then it's everybody else. Yeah. I yeah, think, no, I, uh, I, I agree with that. I think it's pretty obvious for LA too. It's it that's a Lakers town. Oh yeah, for sure. That's a Lakers town. Like people of LA, a Chargers town. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's a Chargers. They, they're so excited for that new stadium. That uh, soccer stadium they're playing in. <laughs> no, I was talking about the new one they're building. That the one they're budgeted, building. The one that was budgeted for one point six billion, and so far they've spent six billion on it. Jesus. And uh, what's his what's his face? Was it Spanos or whatever? Uh, has paid. I think he's contributed one dollar, and in the sun exaggeration, one dollar to it because <laughs> of the agreement that, that them and the charge. It's a whole mess. I guess there's just some cool article on ESPN about it, but um, no one gives a crap about football there. I yeah. I would be surprised if anyone gave a crap about the hockey teams there. I mean, I think I, they I think they like them, but like it's kind of like what we've been talking about, like. If you are a casual sports fan, hockey is the last one you're going to gravitate towards because it's yeah. the hardest one to follow and understand the intricacies you know, of what makes a good player versus a, just a decent player. Yeah. You know what's interesting, though, yeah. is I just thought about this, too. L.A. might be a pretty even split between the Dodgers and the Lakers. And the Lakers. Uh, yeah, because it's not because it's certainly not the Angels and the Clippers. Those are the yeah. like, oh, by the way, teams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, everyone, everyone's talking about, oh, Kawhi Leonard went to the Clippers and Paul George. It's finally a Clippers town. It's Clippers it's, time, and everyone's like, yeah, but it's it's LeBron. Come on, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. I think we'll 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 do this, and and maybe I, I'd love to get some input from some people that are actually like fans of those sports towns or like that are from those areas. But like, there's certain places that I don't know anybody who's actually from, like, um, like with I don't I don't know anybody from Milwaukee. But I feel like that's a that's a Green Bay Packers fans first, and then everybody else second. Like I, I, I actually have a, I have a, I have a homie who lives, who's up there. Oh yeah, and he that yeah, it, it's pretty much all Packers there. Yeah, like, and all like, other sports come second. Yeah, 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 literally everything else. Like they they like the Bucks. Well, I, I, actually, you could even argue that the the um the the like Wisconsin the college football team is more popular than oh, like yeah. the uh than like the Bucks or several. Several of the other teams there because they don't like it's Packers and then everyone else. Yeah. Now my I wonder. Like lives in Chicago, and I was going yeah. through the list in my head, and I'm like, you could probably make a case for a couple different teams there. When you're talking Bears, Bulls, and Cubs, yeah, you could you could make a serious case. So I I, I want to pick his brain and see like, all right, you're in the heart. You've been living in Chicago for over a decade now. What what do people care about there? Yeah, that's a damn. Chicago would be hard to figure out. 
It's a great idea for a topic, dude. Well, there you go. We'll, we'll save that for the next episode of GGR Pirate Radio. Actually, it'll probably be two episodes from now, because next week, we'll be joined by Mr. James Rambo. He'll be coming back. Um, so we'll find some way to tie it into Thanksgiving or the holidays or something like that, because it'll be the day after Thanksgiving. So we'll be talking all sorts of fun, geeky, nerdy things coming up next week. But guys, thank you for tuning in this week to another episode of GGR Pirate Radio. Check out that website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. There's a ton of great stuff up there. We've been doing a lot of movie reviews, TV show reviews, Nostalgia November. That's still going on. There's so much great stuff there. Make sure you check all of that out. But for all of us here at GGR, thanks again for just being part of this awesome ride that we have going. For MC, for Steve, my name is Mike. And again, thank you for listening and don't be a juice bag. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!